Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 25 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, and in this episode I'm going to be chatting with a guy who's not only made music his career, he's made music his life and his passion, and there's so many great stories that you're going to hear, so I won't waste any more time. So please sit back, relax, and get comfortable as I chat with Rob Wilde. Right, Rob, first of all, cheers for joining me tonight. I've been looking forward to having a chat with you. Oh, you're welcome, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, you big, big some big news lately, and I'm I'm going to end with it more than anything. We'll sort of go in a chronological order almost. But I know you recently you got uh, you got the gig as the vocalist for Tiger Tales, didn't you? That must have been uh, some bloody good news for you. Obviously, you were already in the band for listeners that don't know that already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Was kind of weird because um, you know I joined the band about um, coming up to about four years ago. I actually, joined the band as um, actually initially as a rhythm guitar player. Um, so I, I, I started out as a rhythm guitar player and then I, then I moved to bass. Um, I played bass for Tails for about two years and then, um, uh, earlier this year, Jules, uh, Millis left, um, left the band and, um, yeah, I became, I became the lead singer. So it's been, uh, it's been pretty crazy really. But I mean, for me, you know, I mean, um, I mean, I grew up you know, worshiping Tiger Tales, you know, they they were one of my favorite bands, you know, as growing up. So, um, just to be in the band initially was incredible, but to, to end up singing in, you know, one of your favorite bands, I mean, is, is pretty, pretty insane. You know? oh, so it's gotta it's be, been yeah. great. A dream come true, really, you know? So oh, definitely. Am I right in saying as well, you can pr- play the drums as well? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pretty much play everything apart from uh, well, there's a few things I don't play. But yeah, I started out initially like years ago as uh, a drummer. Yeah, so um, and I occasionally play. You know, like a lot of different bands I play in, but I occasionally play in a kind of a like a cover a covers band playing drums every now and then. So, but um, so yeah, we were kind of laughing and joking, saying all we need now is for like. Matt to leave the man, and I'll, and then I'll play drums, and I, maybe I'll make it in the Guinness Book of World Records or something. I don't know. <laughs> How did you get into music then? What sort of music were you listening to when you were growing up, and what era was it as you were growing up? If any listeners aren't aware as well. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, music was always like a massive part of kind of my childhood, really. Even though my my parents um, didn't play any musical instruments. Um, like all my like my mum's cousin was a singer and and she had a, like a record deal and had albums out and stuff. So there's a lot of musicians in my kind of family um, on my kind of like mum's side of, of the family. And um, yeah, just just music. Even though, like I said, my parents didn't play anything. Um, you know, music was always kind of played around the house when I was growing up and stuff. My dad was like really into country music, so he was into uh, you know like John Denver and. Dolly Parton and all that kind of stuff and I was kind of as a little kid kind of you know whatever I hear like John Denver or anything like that you know it just kind of like brings back good memories because I just remember from being a very small little kid being really into music and um, my older sister I think the first band that really kind of got me into the whole music thing was um, Duran Duran who were you know my sister was she's a couple um, three or four years older than me so she was kind of like the you know, like all little girls were at the time, you know, <laughs> had the posters on the walls and stuff. And I guess subconsciously through her, I just kind of really got into Duran uh, Duran. And, um, you know, I'm still a big fan of that band to, to this day. But they were kind of like my first kind of favorite band because I thought that, especially in the 80s, you know, with the 
the kind of mid mid eighties stuff they were that they were doing. Um, you know, it was kind of like rock, kind of like pop. You know, there's a lot of rock music in there as well. You know, and it was, uh, uh, and I always I always thought they looked really cool as well. So um, they were kind of like my first, I guess my first kind of favorite band. Yeah. Um, and then from there, then it was kind of uh, in '86 when I was like uh, eight. That was when it was kind of the floodgates open because it was uh, it was Europe and it was Bon Jovi. So as an eight-year-old kid, you know, I remember seeing. I think the both, you know, there's the final countdown, and then a couple of weeks later, I heard like "You Give Love a Bad Name," and they were kind of to me kind of a very you know similar kind of sounding band. They kind of you know they looked the city. They all had the poodle rock hair going on. And, <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, as soon as I saw the videos, you know, I was just like, "Whoa, this is insane!" You know, this is what I want to be doing. You know, I want to, I want to look like these guys, and I want to kind of play music that sounds like, you know, they, they're playing. And then, because um, obviously this was, you know, light years before the internet and all that stuff. So I mean, the, the only stuff that you would kind of hear about would be stuff that was, you know, getting in the charts. You know, so it was, you yeah. know, I say Europe and Bon Jovi, and then. Uh, the following year, then it was like you know, like White Snake, uh, Motley, We Girls, Goes Girls, uh, Kiss, Crazy Nights, uh, Heart, um, and then then that was it. Then it was just like game over. And then it was just it was all about <laughs> it was all about eighties hair, you know, hair bands, and it just kind of went from there, really. But uh, initially, it was probably just through just through kind of my sister, really. I think that's how I kind of really got into music initially, you know. So. Is that then what led you on to study music at college? Because... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, at school, I was just, you know, that was the thing. As soon as I discovered music, you know, even before, you know, I got to high school, it was, I'd already decided that I wanted to, that's what I wanted to do in my life. You know, I wanted to play music. I never wanted to do, it was weird because, you know, a lot of my friends and stuff, like, you know, most little boys, you know, they want to be footballers or they want to do this or do that. And, you know, I, I never wanted to do anything apart from, play music from being really young you know I started taking guitar lessons when I was nine um, and really just immersed myself in the whole music thing and I went through school and just was just kind of a typical kind of like daydreamer at school I just I just didn't care about anything about them <laughs> you know play music I was like I don't need you know I don't need to do well at school I'm gonna be a rock star <laughs> which you know that hasn't quite worked so quite you know in my head you know in reality, as I kind of dreamt it up in my head, but um, but then yeah, I left school and then kind of you know decided to try and kind of do something productive and went to music college and, and pretty pretty much dropped out. I think I lasted about six months and then <laughs> I, I just decided I didn't like getting up early, so <laughs> that, was, that was it. And I, I was thinking, well, I really need to go to college to kind of do what I wanted to do anyway, which was you know just get out and. You know, playing bands. I mean, that's where you, you, you know, you get all your, your experience. You don't certainly don't need to go to college to to learn that stuff. You have to kind of work that stuff out for yourself, really. Yeah. You know. What was the first instrument that you learned? Then, what did you pick up? Um. Well, as a kid, like I said, I mean, my my favorite band was uh, was Duran Duran, and I was always really into playing drums and um, and you know, from being, I would say, probably about. I think like seven, six or seven, I started, you know, pestering my parents for a drum kit every Christmas and birthday, and 
and they were just having none of it. They were just like, "This, this, this not a chance in hell you're having a, a drum kit." So, so, um, so I used to kind of make these kind of makeshift drum kits. Uh, my daddy's at the time was really into like making, uh, which actually came in quite handy a little bit later when I when I started drinking. My dad, my dad used to uh, make these make homemade wine basically. So he used to have all these kind of. Uh, big barrels and stuff um so i kind of like set all these up and you know um bought a pair of drumsticks and and i would just kind of like play along with uh you know duran duran and whoever else i was listening to at the time and that was kind of i I just wanted to be a drummer initially um but then you know when it was pretty clear that my parents weren't going to let me have a drum kit uh i remember my dad coming to coming over to me and saying why don't you play a nice instrument like the guitar (laughs) <laughs> and uh, his idea of a nice instrument and my idea of you know, two very different things. Um, but at the time, you know, I was I was nine at the time, so I thought, well, I suppose guitar is probably the next best thing. So, um, you know, I was expecting to get an electric guitar. I ended up getting this, um, like, a, a classical guitar. And I started taking lessons and with this really boring old guy who was, like, teaching me, like, green sleeves and all that stuff. And, <laughs> So I was, I was spending more time, you know, playing on the makeshift drum kit rather than, you know, playing the guitar. But then, um, then uh, about a year later, to, to uh, Christmas, I got my first electric guitar, and that was kind of then when I suddenly started thinking, oh, okay, this is a completely different thing, you know. And then uh, I changed my guitar teacher, and I got like this this guy who was a lot younger and actually, you know, taught me some of the songs I actually wanted to learn and then suddenly I became really interested in playing guitar and then um, then from there it just kind of and I kind of started singing a little bit and then started uh, when I was 11 I started writing writing songs and that's when that was when I really kind of kind of fell in love with the guitar because I never really I was never really interested in being kind of a kind of a lead guitar player I was never really but I but I thought the guitar was a great kind of tool to able to write songs you know so so then I really kind of even though I you know like I said later on I I played drums in a band for like five years Um, but from when I started writing songs that's when I really kind of started getting interested in in playing guitar and you know just down to the fact that yeah you know I can write songs on this thing so you know so it kind of all went from there really. Have you still got any copies of those early songs? Have you kept them? <laughs> I would, you know what? I would absolutely. Like, the funny thing is, um, somewhere I, I'm sure that some uh, there is like cassettes of these little <laughs> songs because what I used to do, I was kind of like quite, uh, quite, you know, for for a little kid that didn't. Again, this is all before you know you, you know, back in the day, you had to kind of figure out everything out for yourself. But I used to make these demos where I used to. Uh, just keep swapping tapes across and, and kind of, so I'd start out with, you know, I'd write this song and then I'd, so I'd, I'd start playing, you know, the, the makeshift drum kit <laughs> and then I'd, and I'd stick that recording onto my dad's kind of hi-fi, press play and another, another cassette player, I'd press record and then I would kind of play guitar over the top of it and I'd switch it around and add some, you know, bass and then I'd sing and before you know it, I had this kind of like, almost like a, a full band, you know, on this one little, you know, cassette. So uh, I'm sure some uh, some, uh, um, some cupboard somewhere there's got to be some cassettes, <laughs> like, which I would absolutely love to hear, you know, because, um, 
you know, I'm sure my parents haven't thrown them out. I'm sure that they're probably hiding in a cupboard somewhere. So yeah, it'd be good to hear them. It's <laughs> a bloody inventive way of putting it together, though, wasn't it? I'm sure. You know, yeah, you well, know well, you've got kids today, they'll just, oh, yeah, I'll just fire up Pro Tools and just do whatever exactly. they want. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, this is you know, this is kind of like uh, doing it old school, you know. And uh, by, by, the, by the time I kind of, uh, and, some t- and then I put some keyboards on it, so by the time I kind of recorded this, the actual sound quality of the actual song was pretty terrible but you know but i you know it worked you know and i used to i used to that's pretty much how i spent my my kind of like teenage years really while everybody else was you know out having a good time and stuff i was just constantly just recording these songs you know so this sort of early passion that you got for music as well you know it's obviously obviously stood you in good stead because the music business is not like the most stable or easy to navigate is it you know as you must have found over the years yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's the the thing. I think nowadays it's like you've, you know, it's, you play music because it's something that you. It's not. It's not just a case of something you want to do. It's something you kind of like need to do, you know. And it, for me, m- music's always been the most important thing in my life. You know, uh, I mean, if I wanted, to, you know, if I was, you know, doing this to be successful and to, you know, have loads of money and 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 all the rest of it, then I, I'd have given up. <laughs> you know, twenty years ago, because there's none of that really. You know, you can get you can get to a certain point, and you can be successful to a certain point. But I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's it really all comes down, you know, whether you've got a real passion for playing music, and yeah. and if you haven't, then you're probably better, you know, doing something else. Really, you know, especially in this day and age. Oh yeah, because it's changed so much, especially you know, like you said, when you got into Duran Duran, you go like mid late eighties, and then you said the bands you were into were just the bands that I was into back then, and still am anyway. Uh, and then of course, how did you feel when the whole sort of music scene shifted? You know, grunge came in, didn't it? And it kicked away, like you know, hair metal, cock rock, whatever you want to call it. How- yeah, it, it sucked. I mean, it was kind of uh, you know, because I was just getting to an age where I was kind of, you know just getting to a point where, you know, growing the hair and I just had to look down and it <laughs> and it all kind of ended. I was like, you know, like kind of, you know, 92, 93, especially like 93 was when I first started going out to, you know, I was, I was 16 then, um, but I could get into, because, you know, I had long hair and, and the look going on, I used to get be able to get into, um, you know, the rock clubs, you know, I used to, um, so I, I grew up, uh, in a town uh, close to Manchester, so I used to go to, you know, there was Jilly's Rock World, there was Maxine's in Wigan, um, and then you know I'd start, I started going down to uh, Rock City in Nottingham, and you know, and it was just, you know, I just kind of perfected the look, and suddenly all, you know, nosedived, um, and you know, I just, I just couldn't get on with that music at all, you know, it just, um, to me, you know, the music angle was all about you know, the kind of larger than life, kind of over the top kind of image and, you know, the big massive production and the, you know, massive choruses and, and the whole grunge thing was everything that that wasn't. And yeah. It was just something that I just couldn't, you know, I just, I hated all that stuff. I absolutely thought it was, so I just carried on, you know, just carried on listening to my air bands and, and never really stopped listening to that stuff really. You know, it was, uh, because I just couldn't get along with it, you know. I listen to anything, but like for me, I either like it or I don't. And you know, it's not what you know. A lot of people will be kind of, well, you know, well, you, you know, you gotta like this band, you know, they're really cool, but 
to me, I either like it or I don't. And if I don't like it, then I'm not going to listen to it, basically, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm just the same. Even to the point that I even went to Jilly's back in the late 80s and as well back then, because that was, that was the, the place to go back then, definitely for the... You know, if you're into your rock music, I always went to Jilly's. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. What about your first band then? Tell me, um, I want to know about your first band, how it got together, and tell me about your first time that you performed in public too. Where was it and how did it go? Um, right, well, the first band, uh, which was absolutely just the, the pits, it was the worst <laughs> band on the planet. It was um, it was um, kind of the school school rock band and um, uh, they, they needed a, a drummer. And uh, so I was kind of, uh, by this point, I'd, I'd, um, so I'm getting kind of like 14, 15, and um, I'd actually managed to buy myself a drum kit, um, which I just completely ignored my parents and, and saved up, you know, my pocket money and, and literally just went out and bought this really cheap and nasty drum kit and just brought it home. And, uh, you know, just one day, it was just there in my bedroom and, you know, my parents were going crazy and stuff, but... Um, I think my dad was actually really impressed that I'd, you know, saved up the money on my own, and he was kind of like, "Well, you know, if you just play an hour a day, then then it's okay." So, so I had a drum kit, um, and this the, 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 there was this kind of rock band uh, school that we were looking for a drummer. So I joined the band, and this is how bad the band was. Um, there was no bass player because uh, <laughs> neither of the <laughs> neither of the guitar players. They felt that kind of playing bass was beneath them, so neither neither of them would back down. So um, it was basically uh, me on drums. There was two two guitar players, and there was this singer who was just well, you know, the guy couldn't sing. So, you know, he was just absolutely atrocious. But um, but that was kind of like the first kind of band that I was in. I mean, it wasn't serious, but it was. You know, we were doing a lot of covers and. You know, I occasionally drop in one of my own songs and stuff. But um, I think the first we used to do a lot of the, you know, we used to play school concerts and stuff like that, and um, and we'd play at lunchtime in the in the you know the the dinner hall and stuff like that. And uh, we play, you know, like birthday parties. I remember playing. I think it was like a guitar player's grandma's birthday party or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we used to do all those kind of things, and uh, you know, obviously nothing came of that band. Um, uh, so, and I was actually a, a year older than they were, so I left school and, uh, and I was just like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm so past this, you know, <laughs> cause I'd actually started to get, you know, pretty good at what I was doing and these guys were just absolutely horrendous. So, uh, so I left them behind and, uh, and moved on from there. So, and that band was actually called, we were called Nightmare, which was, uh, which was quite an apt name really, cause that's exactly what we sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do from that then you've left you've left nightmare that that's done did you think okay obviously you want to be back in another band so did you try to yeah. form one yourself or were you looking for adverts to join a, a band that was already established yeah well I, I so I, I left school went to college um and then um a college, I was only there for like I said for about six months but I met um at college was, met a bunch of guys that were a few years older than me and not, and could really, you know, they could play, you know, so I, I was 16, they were like, you know, 21, 22, and um, had a little band there for a while um, in which uh, I sang, um, um, but we, we were just kind of more of a, we recorded a few songs and stuff, but we never never actually played live, which was a shame because it was, uh, 
it's really cool, you know, it was, it was doing the kind of stuff that I wanted to do, uh, which was kind of the whole kind of Bon Jovi, Def Leppard style, you know, we had a keyboard player, the whole thing, and, uh, you know, that that was that was actually a pretty decent band, but it never, we just never ended up going out and playing, so that kind of died a death, and then from there, um, I, I decided, okay, I'm going to, like, take things into my own hands and, and, and form something. Um, so um, I formed my first kind of serious band, uh, which is a band called Inside Out, um, which, I, again, I, I, I was back to playing drums. Yeah. And uh, I formed that in um, in 94. And uh, and that was kind of all based around, uh, we were based in Bolton. And, uh, again, it was very much a melodic rock thing. Uh, you know, we had a kind of, you know, an 80s rock kind of shredder guy on guitar and uh, great band, actually. And I had that band for about, uh, we were together about five years, uh, put out a CD and uh, got a little bit of press. You know, at the time we were kind of, that was the first band that I was in that actually kind of, you know, we got out in a transit van and we, you know, we, we drove up and down the country and, you know, playing, you know, playing real gigs, you know, playing nightclubs and, you know, uh, yeah. real venues and stuff and that was kind of like my first kind of expe- proper experience again those guys were a good four or five years older than me so they'd already been in a lot of bands and I actually learned quite a lot from them really um, because you know they, they'd, they'd already been in a few you know two or three bands before and um, and it was actually a good band I mean we, we um, you know we got a little bit of coverage in Kerrang uh, back in the day and nice. kind of CD reviews and you know, live reviews and stuff, and um, so so that was kind of like my first. I'd say that was my first kind of serious, serious band, really. And it's not you were saying it was your first experience. You know, going around in the van and everything. I think a lot of people still think it's all very glamorous touring the country and everywhere, but I'm sure it's not, is it? You must you must have some like road stories as well of all sorts of oh, stuff yeah. that happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was that was kind of quite eye opening because it was kind of like nothing you know, as I thought it was going to be, you know, especially playing drums because, and that was actually the reason I, I just stopped playing drums is because I was just so sick of, you know, after the gig, I, you know, everybody else is out, at the, you know, in the bar talking to girls and I'm like packing away my drum kit <laughs> and I'm just like, this sucks. <laughs> so I, I did like five years of that and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to play, you know, I'm just going to either start singing or I'm going to play guitar. So I can, once I'm, once I'm done, I can put my guitar down and I can go out and hang out. But um, yeah, it wasn't glamorous at all. Uh, a lot of funny stories, um, you know, but, it, but yeah, it's not glamorous in the slightest, you know, <laughs> anything but. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> so what happened then? You you went for five years with that band, and then what happened to them? Um, well, we worked, we, like I said, together for about five years, and we started having, uh, we, you know, we got we got some label interest because at the time, um, in England, I mean, we're talking like the late nineties, so it wasn't like, you know, nowadays there's quite a big um, market for the whole kind of AOR melodic rock thing, especially you know labels like Frontiers and. You know, there's quite a big thing now with, with that, but back then there, there really wasn't. There was, a, there was probably about three labels around, and I remember we did a showcase for um, Z Records or Z Records, as they were called back in the day. And I think we did a showcase for um, Now and Then as well, which were kind of the other kind of AOR sort of label. 
And um, they basically said that um, we needed to change our singer because they didn't think our singer was good enough. So we ended up getting this this new singer in that was had a pretty decent voice, but he was just uh, an absolute nightmare to deal with. And basically, within probably about two or three months of him joining, like the band split up. So at that point, you know, I started thinking, well, you know, maybe it's time to make a move because I was still up north, and there wasn't really a great deal going on. So at that point, you know, I was kind of, you know, early 20s, so I thought, well, it's kind of now or never, you know, and my choices are either, you know, I was either going to move to Nottingham, which was kind of where there was a, a really great rock scene, or the other option was to move down to London. Um, but at the time, you know, Nottingham was way better. You know, the scene was just, Rock City was just, you know, insane back then. And it, yeah. they just seemed to be the cool place to be, especially for doing the kind of music I wanted to play. So so when I was uh, 22, I moved to um, um, moved down to Nottingham and uh, decided I was going to try and, you know, get something happening down there. And uh, so that led me on to um, the next man I was in, which was uh, a man called China Doll. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I moved down there, and actually, to, you know, as cool as it was on a Saturday night and at the weekends and stuff, I was really struggling to find, you know, a band. There. You know, the, the, the scene wasn't, you know, as far as musicians and stuff, wasn't all that great, um, even though I thought it was going to be. But um, So it took me a while. It took me probably about a year before I actually found a band down there. And I, and, uh, I just ended up seeing this, uh, this advert in a just uh, free ads. Mike and uh, and I ended up calling it up and um, ended up joining, like I said, joining the band, uh, a band called China Doll. Um, so then I went back to singing. So I was decided at that point I was, you know, I was going to concentrate on singing. Yeah. And um, and uh, so we got together and uh, I think it was like in two thousand and we were together for about uh, about three years. So that was again, very much. That, again, that whole melodic rock thing. We had a keyboard player, and uh, you know, very kind of. Uh, it, it was. It was. To be honest, it was very dated for that <laughs> that period in time. You know, it was very much. It kind of sounded like almost like like the second Bon Jovi album. That kind of oh, yeah. real kind of very very keyboard heavy type stuff. But um, but yeah, that would. I mean, again, you know, that that that, that band pretty well you know we did uh we did our first kind of proper tour we did a, a tour opening for danger danger which was you know like one of my favorite bands oh, great so, bands, yeah yeah that was that was like a big deal for me and um, we did that in uh 2003 um so we toured with those guys and uh and um you know we did, we did some cool stuff and uh put out a, a, a cd and uh and that that kind of that lasted for a while and then you know, like most things, it just kind of, I think a couple of the guys in the band just kind of, they were kind of into it, they were kind of into doing it, but they were also very much kind of into, you know, the day jobs and their pet girlfriends and stuff, and I was mm-hmm. just all about, you know, I, I didn't care about any of that, you know, I just wanted to get out and do stuff, and, you know, we ended up getting offered a couple of tours that um, the other guys said, you know, turned down, and I was thinking, well, you know, what's the point in this, you know, that doing stuff if you're going to be turning down everything that we're getting offered. Yeah. So, um, so I remember we did uh, we did the Danger Danger tour, and then um, we were we were booked on a tour opening uh, to open for um, German band Bonfire. Oh, another great band! And yeah. that was all 
Yeah, they they were kind of you know it was all advertised in you know classic rock and and then uh, they just kind of bailed on it at the last minute and uh, we were kind of working with a, a label at the time who basically just said look you know you're wasting our time you know we're booking you on these you know good tours and stuff and you you know if you're not going to do them you know there's a million other bands that will so yeah. so that's pretty much kind of how Try It All kind of came to an end really. Um, it's so, going to be yeah, tough, then, though. Surely, being in, you know, being in any band, no matter how well you, you all get on, and especially out on the road, though, you've got all these different personalities, haven't you? You've, there's going to be times when you grind on each other quite a bit. That's got to be tough. Yeah, it is, you know, because, I mean, like, for the most part, if you think about it, I mean, in a band, you, you're going to have, you know, a lot of different, like you say, a lot of completely, you know, three or four or five different personalities that you've got to, you know, you've got to kind of make it work, and, and especially when you, you know, you're getting when you're going out on tour and stuff and you, you, you're spending lots of time, you know, cooped up with the same, you know, mm-hmm. four or five guys, you know, that there's, it, it, it is hard, you know, it, it, and I don't think, you know, I think a lot of people think that they're cut out for it. And then when they actually get out and do it, they, they quickly realize that maybe they're not cut out for it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's pretty much what happened with the China doll guys. I think they kind of, I think they, you know, they like the idea of, of, you know, going out on tour and doing all that stuff, but when it actually came down to it, I don't think they really had what it took, really, you know. And I'm actually still, you know, I'm still in touch with the, the guitar player from that band. He's, you know, incredible guitar player, you know, a re- really great guy, but, you know, I don't think it was really for them, really. You know, it was, yeah. it was good while it lasted, but, you know, that was it, really, for them. Just frustrating for you at that time, then? Very frustrating, yeah. You know, because you know you you work really hard to get somewhere, and and we were getting, you know, we were actually getting somewhere. We were getting offered good things, and to kind of constantly like turn stuff down was, you know, just pissing me off. Basically, you <laughs> know, I'm surprised. like, I'm ready to go. You know, I'm I'm, I'm ready. You know, my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. But you know, the other guys kind of felt otherwise. So there you go. Oh, so what happened then? You know, you're you're frustrated, and you you've played with. You know, like Danger Danger, you've said, God, Bonfire is one of my favourite bands too. So, what did you do then? What was like your thought process of what you could do? Well, I think I think at that point it was it was you know I kind of started to towards the end of Child I'd started to kind of get sick of doing that kind of music really because um, you know you got to remember this is uh, when Child All broke up. This was like two thousand and three, um, and it really felt. Like I said, like nowadays, it's almost kind of cool to do that. You know, you got like you know bands like Reckless Love and you know Heat and and Crazy Licks and all those type of bands that have kind of made it almost kind of you know cool and acceptable to to play melodic rock and AOR and glam and stuff. But you know, back in two thousand three, I mean, you know, I, it was almost you know back then I was you know twenty five, twenty six, and you know, it was almost like we were playing dinosaur music, really, you know, and every show, you know, we'd go out and play, and it was just, just old men, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm 25, I want to be playing in front of, <laughs> I want to be playing in front of some girls, you know what I mean, and they just you go out, and it's just, it's just all these, these old men, and I'm thinking, well, this, this isn't really much fun, you know, so, and I, I just kind of started, because it just really wasn't anywhere to go with it, really, you know, apart from, doing the things that we were we've been offered but we were you know um, turning down so i was kind of like at that point 
I was thinking, well, maybe you know, it's time to maybe try and do something different. And in the UK at the time, I mean, the only thing there was there was two ways you could go. There was the, you know, there was, um, you know, you could carry on playing music to a bunch of old men and you know not really do very much, or you could do, you know, the other, the other two options were, you know, the, the the horrible new metal stuff which was everywhere at the time, you know, Slipknot, Corn, Disturbed, all that. Mm-hmm. shit basically and then <laughs> and then the uh the other stuff was kind of like the, the kind of pop punk stuff which was kind of i wasn't really into um but there were a few bands from that kind of genre that you know i thought well actually there's, there's some pretty decent songs there's a you know the band lit who i thought were great um you know and a couple of bands kind of like uh you know american hi-fi and uh sugar cult and a few bands like that that i actually thought you know what, like these guys have actually, they've got some songs, you know, and some kind of hooks and some melodies and stuff. And I thought, well, maybe if I can take the kind of, the stuff that I grew up on, you know, all the big, the big choruses and the, the hooks and everything and just kind of update it a little bit. Um, you know, so I kind of, you know, I kind of started to write songs purposely with that kind of style in mind, more of a kind of a, a power pop sort of, Thing. And at the time, there was a, a band that was like a massive influence, uh, a band called Marvelous Three, uh, which was uh, a band actually, um, um, it was formed by a guy called Butch Walker, who's now a huge, you know, he's a massive songwriter, he writes for everybody, but he actually started out as the guitar player in South Gang, who were, you know, like a big, you know, 80s hair band, and basically all he did, you know, in the early 2000s, he kind of like got his hair cut a little bit and and just still had all the elements of that kind of 80s rock thing, but just kind of, you know, made it a little bit trashier. And um, so they were a massive influence on the, the band that ended up becoming a teenage casket company. Yeah. You know? So, and, uh, you know, I met the guitar the the guitar player, Jamie um, Valerick. Um, we kind of met each other at a, Kind of, uh, I think we were just at the same kind of point in our in our, in our lives where, um, um, you know, he he he, I just my band Triangle had just broken up, and his band he was he's playing a, a band called Panic. It was kind of like a, it was like a punk band really, but you know I was never really into the punk thing, but there was just something about him, um, and he was kind of having issues with his band members, and we just both seemed to be in the same place, you know, really wanting to do something, but being kind of held back by the guys we were playing with. Yeah. Um, so we said, well, you know, why don't we just try and see what happens, you know? And uh, and it was weird because I, I didn't think it would work at all, and, and neither did he, but there was something that was really strange when we kind of got together. It, it actually worked really well because, um, you know, my songs are very kind of, the stuff I was writing was very, you know, very poppy, very commercial, and, and he added some kind of, I guess a little, you know, some attitude to, to you know, my songs, and added, added a bit of kind of, I guess, some balls and some attitude to it. And then like mm-hmm. his songs that he was bringing in, I was, you know, sprinkling it with, you know, the, the pop side and the commercial side. And it was, there was just something about it that it just, when we got together, it was like, yeah, this is actually <laughs> working really well. So um, from there we um, we we. we um, started the band you know and that was uh that was the end of uh 
that was like November 2003. So that was when PCC was kind of born. And, um, you know, and we're, st- and we're still, you know, we're still together to this day. So 12 years later, we're still, we're still here, you know, and, uh, yeah, so it, it's kind of, you know, that's kind of like my baby and it was kind of, it was just something cool, you know, it was, it was something I just wanted to try and do something a little bit different and, um, just straight away, you know, it just worked, you know, so that's really cool. Yeah. And you said, you know, you're still going, it's still, you know, an ongoing project for you and you've got four albums out, you, you know, one was quite recent as well and you've toured, yeah. you know, you toured the UK, the USA, you've toured Europe, so... Mm-hmm. It must be quite satisfying for you to have, you know, to achieve that just on its own. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, we, we, I mean, when, when we started out, you know, we just wanted to, you know, I mean, we were all just, I think we were just ready to kind of shake up the kind of music scene at the time because um, there wasn't really much of a scene and, and we kind of, when there isn't a scene, you kind of, I guess you kind of like make your own scene really, um, which is kind of what we did and, uh, you know, obviously we were really big and successful in Nottingham, but also, you know, we, you know, we, I mean, I mean, we don't, we don't play to this extent now, but I mean, in, you know, 2005, 2006, 2007, I mean, we were playing like 150 shows a year, Whoa. which was just, we're not, yeah, absolutely crazy. <laughs> you know, we went, like I said, we, you know, we toured America twice, we went out to Europe and, um, you know, but I think, um, we've always been kind of that band that's kind of you know we've always got great reviews we've always done well but we've always kind of just, I don't know what reason we've always kind of like flown under the kind of radar in a way I think we're always just kind of we're that kind of cool kind of cult band that people love but for whatever reason we can never kind of um, we can kind of the analogy, I suppose, you know, we can climb up the wall, but we can never kind of get over it sort of thing, yeah. which is a little bit frustrating, you know, but, um, but you know, at the same time, like you said, I mean, we've, we've achieved, you know, probably more than we ever thought we would do, you know, when we, when we formed and, you know, we're still very much, in, you know, an active band, we're still together, we still, you know, we don't really tour, but we, we still go out and play a lot and, um, you know, we still love what we still absolutely love the band to death. You know, so if there's any listeners as well to this that haven't heard any Teenage Casket Company, and you let's say they've got four or five minutes, you've got to sell them on it. What one song would you recommend that they listen to first? Um, I would probably say that one of the, the latest songs, uh, which we released as uh, a single in a video uh, last year, I think it was. It's a song called "You Only Love Me When You Hate Me," mm. uh, which is just you know, just a three-minute, you know, kind of catches hell pop rock song. You know, it's kind of almost like if you take Cheap Trick and you put a little bit of Bon Jovi in there uh, and, um, you know, just maybe, a, I don't know, maybe a little bit of like the hair band thing in there as well. Um, and it's just got like such a hook that it's kind of, you know, you hear it and you're going to be singing that, you know, the hook in your head, <laughs> you know, driving your car or in the show or whatever. That's what a lot of people have said to me, you know, it's so it's like annoying, annoyingly catchy, which I think is <laughs> kind of what, we, you know, as a songwriter, that's what I always try and, you know, I'm always trying to write songs that, you know, you know, stick in your head. Um, and I think that just really sums up what we're all about. You know, it's really fun. You know, it's happy music. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's tongue in cheek. 
Um, you know, it's, it's it's kind of one of those songs that I don't you know you can li- I don't think you can listen to it without having a smile on your face. You know, yeah. which is you know all the bands that I grew up with are all kind of happy bands. You know, and made you feel good, and and that's ultimately what the band's all about. You know, it's just a feel good, good time rock band. You know. I'll put the link up on the show notes as well on our website to that video as well, and then everybody can have a look at it too. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. cool. I've got to ask as well. How did the name come about? <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of yeah. That, that's that was nothing to do with me or, or the rest of the guys. <laughs> I mean, that was that was something. I think uh, it's funny actually. Uh, you know, over the years, me and the bass player Rob Lane were actually speaking about this recently, and we we're just saying, you know, we really should have thought of a different <laughs> a different name. Um, but at the time, it was really weird because, you know, me and Jamie got the band together and, and we'd started working on on the songs. So we had about five or six songs kind of written and ready to go before we brought in, you know, that, that bass player and drummer. So um, I think Jamie at the time said, you know, what, you know how, why don't we name the band now so that we don't have to have this discussion, you know, and we get, you know, because sometimes, you know, when you're trying to think of a band name, you know, that can... That can cause big arguments because you know one guy's really going for one name and another guy hates it and everything. And and another thing, you know, another problem you have when you're thinking of a band name is you know you can, you can come up with what you might think is the most original name on the planet, and then you Google it and there's like 50 other bands with the exact <laughs> same name. So um, so we were kind of you know tossing ideas around and stuff and. Uh, and he, I don't know where the hell he got the name from, and he, he just came out with it. Uh, he said, well, how about we call it? I remember his na- initial name was Teen Casket Company. And I was just like, what the, you know, what <laughs> what planet are you, you know, what you know, what does this mean, you know, where does this come from? And he's just like, I don't know, it's just a cool sounding name. And I was just, I went home and just thinking it was like the worst sounding band name ever. And then I just started thinking, well, surely Teenage Casket Company just does, it just, you know, kind of rolls off the tongue a little better. And at the time, I remember telling my uh, my girlfriend at the time, you know, what do you think about this name? And she thought it was the coolest name, you know, that she'd ever heard. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, I'm not sure, but, you know, I guess. So we Googled it and obviously nothing came up. You know, because I mean, who the hell is going to want to call <laughs> call a band? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I went back the next week, and I'm like, well, I, I don't really like it, but I guess it's kind of it's a name that people will remember just because it's you know it's so such a strange name. Yeah. Um, and it's weird actually because like a lot of people, a lot of people think it's it's a terrible name, but then we got people like um, I remember Chips Enough from Enough's Enough. Uh, we we played quite a lot of shows with him, enough, and he thinks it's like the coolest band name he's ever heard. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, I love your band name. You know, he, he's so people. Some people actually like it, but it was just kind of a name that um, you know we just came up with. Well, Jamie came up with, and it just kind of stuck. Uh, but but you know, um, from the start, I mean, right from probably within a couple of months of being together, people just started calling us TCC, you know, because it is a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. And now as we've got gotten a little bit older, you know, not that we weren't even teenagers when we started. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were we were long past teenagers when the band was started. So um, so now we, we kind of go under, you know, we, we, we're really trying to push just the TCC thing, you know, yeah. you know, and uh, kind of leave it the teenage thing out of it but you know like I said I mean we could have, have had our time over again I think we probably would have 
come up with that. <laughs> a slightly better name, but you know what? It, it it stuck, I guess. So there you go. Yeah, let's see. Like you said, it's definitely a memorable name. That's for sure. Once you've heard it, you don't forget it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you moved to the states as well, is that right? You've lived in the states for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, How we, did that um, come about? Well, well, what happened? Um, I mean, we did um, TCC from um, you know for, forming the band in um, 2003, and we kind of just just caned it for for about four years, and we we just um, like I said, we were doing 150 shows a year, and um, you know we we did we did a lot in that four years. You know, we did like I said earlier, we did two American tours in that time. We did um, you know we released two albums in that time and you know just really kind of I guess we kind of pushed it as far as we could do um, you know we because I mean we weren't our albums were self-financed and put out on our own label and stuff like that so it wasn't like we had um, management or anything like that everything that we did was just the four of us kind of making it happen so it really was you know like a 24-7 job for all of us for that and, and that period of time and I think we just kind of we just got really burnt out um, to a point where we did um, we did a tour at the end of 2007 and we kind of we finished that and we were kind of okay well you know what we're going to do next year and and nobody really had any ideas we kind of you know we, we didn't financially have the money to, to go and record another album and we kind of beat the touring thing into the ground really you know so we kind of said well you know why don't we just take some time off and, and do our own things for a while so um the whole of 2008 we we all basically went off and did our own things which led me to um moving to america because uh at the time you know i was thinking about getting something together in england but i thought well you know what's going to be the point because you know i'm just going to probably be singing and probably going to be writing the songs and I'm just going to be going out and playing the same venues TCC's been playing anyway. So, um, and at the time, I had a, a girlfriend uh, who lived out in Boston, and um, so I basically, uh, yeah, moved out there. Moved out there in um, uh, in December of '07, uh, and um, and kind of flew out there and and uh, and started a band. Started a band. You know, I through my girlfriend at the time. She put me in touch with. Um, a drummer, uh, who uh, a guy called Sean Vincent, who was kind of um, he he lived there in Boston. He was kind of looking to do something, and uh, so I flew out there and uh, and started uh, Sins of America. So. Mm. And what? How did how did that go? Once it must have been so different because you're going like obviously from the UK and it's like a different world over in the states, isn't it? So as, yeah, as well as being like homesick and the, the whole scene being different. You know, how on earth was, did you manage to get it all up and running? Again, your passion for the music that you've had since you were early helped, must have done. Yeah, yeah, it, it was weird because, um, you know, I remember just, you know, deciding I was going to move out there and deciding I was going to make it, you know, try and get something together. Because at the time, you know, TCC, we, we, didn't, we didn't say, okay, you know what, we're going to take a year off. We didn't say... Um, we're going to take six months off. It was kind of almost kind of like an indefinite kind of hiatus sort of thing. And I, I remember, you know, I basically just said, look, you know, if it's meant to be, then we'll get back together. If it's not, then it then it won't. And it was kind of very much up in the air as to, I remember when I, you know, arrived in America thinking, I don't know whether 
TCC's done, whether it's finished or whether we're taking... I, I don't think anybody really knew. Um, and I just thought, you know, it's going to take, you know, just to start something, especially, you know, I'm, I moved out there and I knew two people, you know, I knew my girlfriend at the time and I had another friend who lived out there. I didn't know anybody. And I remember thinking, you know, it's going to take me at least, you know, six months to a year to even, you know, probably meet anybody that's on a similar wavelength yeah. to me. But to my surprise, it was just, it was one of those weird moments where I think I was just in the right time, right place, right time. And um, it, it turns out this drummer guy um, just kind of lived down the road from, from where, where I was, the apartment that I was living in. So I remember arriving <clears throat> on like a Monday and I think on the Thursday or something, he, he actually came over and he actually brought a guitar player with him. And he said, well, you know, this is Chris. And, and um, you know, we talked about uh, bands that we were into and, um, you know, they, they were, you know, completely in, into the same stuff as I, that I was. Um, you know, they both, they're both a bit older than me and they both, um, lived out in LA and, and done the whole kind of, uh, the Sunset Strip <laughs> thing in, in the midnight, they were in a band called Sister Morphine who were kind of, they do a lot of the, the kind of, uh, the LA clubs in the, the kind of like early nineties with, uh, bands like Big Bang Babies and all, and all those type of, type of bands and stuff and, um, so they and then they moved back to Boston and you know they were they were just really into all the stuff that I was into um, and it turns out that they, unbeknownst to me they'd both actually been when uh, TCC had toured America the previous summer uh, they'd both actually been at when we played in Boston they both actually came out because they were they were fans of the band and this was like you know back in MySpace days and and uh, they were actually so they knew all about TCC and kind of you know you know, the kind of stuff that I was doing. So the three of us just started jamming. And then um, uh, it was right right after Christmas, we just ended up, again, just really weird, but we, we were just in a in a, a club watching a, a friend's band, and this guy walked in, and he, he just kind of looked like us. You know, he'd got the, the eyeliner and the, the leather jacket <laughs> and the whole the look going on, the tattoos and stuff. And we were just like, who, you know, I remember just literally just walking up to him and I'm like, you know, do you, do you play bass? And he's, he says, well, yeah, how, how do you know? And he's probably thinking, who's this weird English guy, you know, in this kind of random back street bar, you know? <laughs> and it turns out that he did actually play bass and um, he came down to see us a week later and literally within a month, of arriving in America, like I had the band together, which hell. was Whoa. which was just unreal. It, it was really it, I, I couldn't believe how quickly it came together. And um, within that was kind of January, and, and by March we were we were out playing and you know playing shows and um, you know and the band was off and running. You know it was just it was unreal. You know I don't think yeah. I could do that again. I think it was just a complete fluke of just people being you know position in the right place at the right time really you know <laughs> and you've performed like with various bands worldwide is there any sort of fundamental difference between audiences from one place to the other or you know could you are any more rowdy than any other way or any more a bit more subdued uh, i think um i mean you, you go out to europe and and that's where it's at you know that's where the the, the fans are just so fanatical out there um especially um I mean, some really, you know, like, Italy's always insane. Um, 
but a lot of the Scandinavian countries as well, you know, like in Sweden, Denmark, um, especially, especially Scandinavian countries. I think just Europe in general, people just seem to, you know, they, they. I think in England, people are very blasé about the whole thing, and I think to, to be honest, in America, it's very similar. People are just kind of a little bit more standoffish, whereas you know, you go out to Europe and and people are just literally losing their minds you know and they're singing every single word to it and then after the show you know they'll they'll literally turn up with every single cd you've ever released <laughs> and they'll you know they'll, they'll know everything about you and it kind of almost kind of like you know, just com- just complete fanatics you know and yeah so i mean europe's always always good you know um mainland europe especially like i say italy italy and probably sweden denmark are probably the, the you know uh, the, the, probably the best places I'd, I'd say, you know, for for just great audiences, you know. Must be a good feeling for you as well when you get a crazy audience like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that that you know means the world, you know, because uh, you know it, it's nice to to go somewhere where you know people you know people are genuinely excited to see you, you know. Yeah. And and you know they're kind of it's great to see you because it's kind of like reminds. You have, you know, when you go and see, you know, if I go and see Kiss, you know, I, I'm just completely losing my mind, like I'm, <laughs> you know, eight years old again. You know what I mean? Or if it's a band that I absolutely love, and and it's great to see people like that, you know, so into your music, and, yeah. and you know, and then you meet people afterwards, and they tell you, you know, how much, you know, your music is meant to them, and it's kind of like, whoa, you know, this is kind of, this is really freaking cool, you know, so. <laughs> So what happened then between, what's the story from you coming from America up until when you joined Tiger Tales? Um, well, I was out there for um, a couple of years. Uh, I kind of lived um, in, in in the States, kind of on and off for about three years. Um, I ended up getting married out there and uh, ended up marrying the, the, the girlfriend uh, that kind of, I suppose, kind of brought me over there in the first place. And... Uh, and we we did some really good stuff. I mean, we did, um, you know, we we do a lot of shows with a lot of the kind of eighties bands that were coming around, and um, we were working with a, a label at the time uh, in in the states who kind of uh, they put out a, a CD, um, uh, an EP, uh, and kind of funded a you know, like a, a music video and uh, put quite a bit of money into the promoting the band and stuff and. Uh, you know, it was it was all going great, and then um, then just kind of things started happening. Uh, you know, things weren't really working out with my uh, you know my kind of personal situation, which kind of led me to kind of basically um, the, the kind of, at the time the band was kind of like imploding because it was uh, it was a great band, but there was a lot of um, I should put this nicely. But <laughs> there was a lot of issues in the band. <laughs> I mean, when I you know when I say it was like a a rock and roll band in every sense of the word. It, it really was, you know. I mean, there was, there was, there was all sorts of shit going on. You know, people going to jail, and it it it, it was pretty full on <laughs> um, hell, to the point yeah. where, yeah, it, it it kind of it it was kind of heading, you know, heading in a, a bad direction. Let's put it that way. And um, everyone was just a a complete mess to be honest with you and then things weren't really working out in my kind of personal situation so that kind of basically led me to basically having to come back to uh, coming back to the UK 
Um, so that unfortunately was the end of Sins of America. And uh, even though you know I'm still friends with uh, the guys in the band, and everybody's everybody's all cool now. Everyone's got their heads together and you know doing their own things and stuff. But um, but I came back to England in um, uh, the end of like 2010. And uh, so I was back in the UK for good then. Yeah. And that's kind of then when I started, you know, we, we kind of regrouped with TCC and, and, and got that whole thing kind of going again. Um, and then, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was 2012 when, the beginning of t- um, 2012 when I, when I um, got the call to, to join Tails. Um, and it was uh, basically the, the drummer, the original drummer at the time, who, uh, Ace Fincham, who actually... Uh, he kind of got me in, into the band. He was he was the guy that called me up and said, "Look, you know, um, we're looking for a, a, you know a second guitar player, and you were mm-hmm. the first guy I thought of." So for me, that was like you know really flattering because yeah. you know, like I said, you know, again a hero of mine, and and um, so that was it. You know, I was you know, do you want to do it? And, and I think the, the the cool thing was you know I think again with with the internet. Um, side of things is, you know, I mean, I didn't even audition, you know, I just, they, they they just obviously knew that from what I'd done in the past that I could play and I could sing and, you know, they had the right kind of look going on and stuff. So I, I spoke to Ace and I spoke to Jay Pepper on the phone and he said, look, you know, if, if you want to do it, the job's yours. So, um, excellent. So, so that was kind of it. And it was such a dream, like I said, a dream come true, you know, to join one of your favorite bands, you know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And they got, well, some of the things you've done with Tails, you know, you you supported Kiss, didn't you, on the cruise? I mean, that must have been yeah. a hell of a blast, because I'm like a massive Kiss fan too, so I can only imagine what that must have been like. Yeah, that was, that was, that was um, you know, just a high, you know, I mean, the highlight of my life so far, <laughs> you know, hands down. I mean, it was, um, yeah, I mean, just as a complete Kiss freak, um, just to, to, to do that was just incredible, you know, and to, to um, you know, to chat to Paul and Gene was just kind of like it's just one of those like really unreal moments in your life where you're like whoa is this is this actually happening <laughs> but like you know the whole thing I remember just thinking this is this has been you know 20 years of hard work finally paid off you know yeah, what I mean so yeah, definitely. Uh, but it was yeah obviously an incredible and uh, Cheap Trick were also on the cruise as well so uh, Cheap Trick are one of my favourite bands as well so just to be you know, playing shows with those guys is just, you know, unreal. Oh, you yeah. know? And of course you recorded the five-track EP, Knives, um, which I, I've i got to say, I'm not saying this just because you're on the, on the show, I mean, I said it to, to Matt and and Jay before as well, I think it's a bloody great EP. It's, it's Every single track is amazing. And I even, here you go, I bought the vinyl, you know, there was a special edition vinyl. Awesome. I haven't yeah. even got, I haven't even got a bloody record player and I still bought the vinyl. <laughs> It's That's really great, good. man. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, cheers. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh yeah, love it. And according to you, recording the, the follow-up daggers. Yeah. Well, I How's think um, uh, we're. I think we're actually going to be recording an album as opposed to an EP. Ooh, um, excellent. Yeah, because we we started talking about you know doing an EP, and then Jay was just like, well, you know what, we've got enough ideas and enough songs going on. Why don't we just why don't we just do an album? You know, so so we've got. Um, we're actually in the middle of, you know, putting it all together. We've we've, co- we've recorded a, a few, uh, probably about two or three songs, and uh, we're just, you know, getting all the writing 
together at the minute. You know, Jay's obviously writing the majority of the album, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm I've got a couple of songs, hopefully maybe maybe more. Um, and um, our new bass player's got some ideas as well, so it's going to be going to be a kind of collaboration of all three of us, I guess. Um, and the idea is to um, get that done um, and released. Um, because um, next April we're, we're going out and doing that full UK tour, yeah, uh, which is going to be about I think we're going out for about like two or three weeks or something. We're, we're going to be playing a lot of shows, so um, that's going to be out uh, in time for that tour. So it's but like I said at the minute we're, we're looking at doing a full album. So, um, but it, you know the stuff that we got so far is really cool. It's sounding very much kind of. Uh, very kind of berserk sounding. I think it's got, you know, it's, it's heavy. It's got, you know, it's got a lot of that attitude, you know, riffs and, mm-hmm. but it's, there's a lot of melody as well, which is kind of like what I'm trying to bring into the, to the band, you yeah. know, you know, some real big hooks and, and all the rest of it. So I think it's kind of, it's going to hopefully kind of pick up where berserk kind of left off really. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's always a big, big favorite with the fans as well, isn't it? That album. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, I think that's what the people want to hear, that kind of stuff. And I think that's kind of, you know, as a fan of the band, I think that's what Tiger Tales do best is that, you know, you know, it's, yeah, it's heavy, it kicks ass, but there's got to be some, you know, some great melodies and some big choruses and stuff. And I think you combine those two together. I think that's what Tiger Tales have always done yeah. best, you know. And recently as well, you did the first, you know, show with Tales as you with the vocalist. How did that go? Yeah, it was it was great. We we did um, did, did um, two shows. Uh, we played the Rock and Bike Festival, uh, and then the night after we went up to um, Bathgate, which is kind of well, basically Glasgow, and uh, played played a great show there. You know, it was the place was absolutely rammed, and everybody was loving it, and. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been great, you know, I mean, it's kind of, I was kind of ready for it being a bit of a backlash because I think when any band replaces their lead singer, I think there's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be people that are like, oh, you know, get the original guys back and blah, blah, blah. But to be honest with you, I think, um, you know, I've, I've probably heard a couple of negative things, but I'd say like 98% of the response has just been insane. You know, everybody's been so supportive um, Good. and everybody's been loving it, you know, which is, which is great. You know, I mean, it's, uh, obviously, it, you know, it's a big shoes to fill, you know, but, um, you know, I think I'm doing a, a pretty good job of it, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just find it very, you know, it's just kind of a, almost like a natural thing to me to be doing really. I just kind of felt very, very at ease, you know? Yeah. So. Honestly. So yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, especially like you say in this age as well, where you know, people are more inclined to fire off all negative shit on well, while they're online than all the positives. So it's good that you're getting a load of positive feedback too. That's really good to hear. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, like I said, I've, there's, there's hardly any negativity at all. You know, it's it's all been just you know on the Facebook page and just online in general, the website. You know, everybody's been really uh, had a lot of you know. Even a lot of kind of like, you know, heroes of mine have emailed me and, you know, and, you know, I'm just saying, you know, you're doing a great job and, you know, congratulations. And, you know, from from some guys, again, that were 
you know, my bedroom wall, you know, emailing <laughs> me. So it's kind of like, well, this is this is really <laughs> cool, you know. So it's all good, you know, and it's kind of it's stuff like that that really kind of makes makes it all worthwhile, you know. Oh yeah, that's it. Like you said, all the hard work you've put in over the years, you know, it's you've got to reap the rewards for it, haven't you? And you know, enjoy it. As oh well. yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, I'll be at the Tivoli in Buckley for the Tales gig. I know that's, I think, if I remember rightly, I think it's April next year that you're there. Yeah. So I'll be there for that one, definitely. Yeah, we, we've got we've got a few shows, actually, this year that we're going to be, um, that we're going to be playing. Um, just a couple of, um, um, kind of, because I think at the minute, what, the one thing that we really, really want to do is just because we, we feel so um, kind of fired up and excited about this lineup yeah. um, that we want you know, as many people to kind of see it as they can, you know. So we, we've got the full tour uh, kicking off in April next year, but we've actually got a few dates this year. So we're going to be playing uh, in uh, October. We're going to be playing um, October 30th. We're going to be playing the Iron Road in Evesham. And then on uh, October 31st, we're going to be playing Brickmakers at, in Norwich. And then um, uh, November 28th, we're going to be playing a Ruby Lounge in Manchester. Nice. So we got kind of a few, a few dates um, before the end of the year, and then you know finish off the album, and then we're going to be, like I said, going out for about three weeks um, in April of next year. So, uh, so we're just putting the finishing touches. We've got a couple of dates to fill in, but we we pretty much got that tour pretty much wrapped up, and we're going everywhere from. You know, from Scotland to London to Cardiff to uh, Oxford to all, all over the place, and then um, October next year, which I know is a long time off, we're, we're actually going back to the States to play um, a festival called the Rock and School Festival in Chicago, and we're oh, hoping wow. to yeah, we're hoping to tie in you know some uh, East Coast states, hopefully uh, hit up New York and my old stomping ground Boston and, and a few other places, you know, en route to that, to that show. So, um, and then there's stuff, you know, there's always stuff being talked about in Europe as well. So we, we, we're definitely going to be busy next year. That's for sure. Yeah. It's all good. Sounds like an exciting time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. We're all, like I said, we, we're just all loving, you know, it's, it's, it just feels good to, you know, everybody in the band's kind of all, on the same page, you know, we could, we've, you know, Jay, Jay Packer, the, you know, original guy who's a legend, you know, Matt, who, you know, you obviously spoke to, um, you know, one of my best friends in the world. And, um, you know, I knew, I knew bass player, Bertie Burton, who's, who's just, you know, fitted into the band just like a dream, you know, he's, he's, he's doing, he's kicking ass, you know, so <laughs> we're just really excited about it, you know, so. Oh, that's good. I can't wait to hear the new album. That'll be good. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what I'll do is, like I said earlier, I'll put um, TCC video up on the webpage for this show. I'll put all the links to everything. Um, but if you want to let the listeners know the best way that they can like, find and follow you online and keep up to date with everything that you're doing, you know. Yeah. Um, um, we'll start off with, with TCC. I mean, again, we, we've got um, TCC shows coming up as well. Um, a couple that I want to plug. Um, yeah. But August 27th, going to be playing at Tap and Tumbler in Nottingham. Uh, August 28th, we're going to be playing the Degeneration Festival in Beeston. Um, and um, new music coming from TCC as well later this year. So um, for, for all the TCC stuff, it's uh, teenagecasketcompany.co.uk. Mm-hmm. 
Um, for all the Tiger Tales stuff, it's on tigertales.co.uk. Um, and then, you know, obviously Facebook, Twitter, and you can find me on, you know, facebook.com slash Rob Wild uh, for all my stuff. Uh, I'm sure we're, we're on, I don't know, we're on all those websites. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> just, just Google them up, you know, we we, we kind of pop up everywhere. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's been really good listening to you, Robin, listening to all the stories and catching up with, you know, everything that Tales are doing and TCC and everything you've got going. And it's good to hear, you know, that after all these years, you know, your passion is still strong and you're still doing what you love. Exactly, mate. Well, yeah, I just want to say, you know, thanks so much for having me. You know, it's been great, uh, great talking to you. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, this is this is what I, I love doing. And, uh, you know, this is, like I say, just, you know, getting to live out my dreams, you know, it, it's great. You know, it's, uh, like I say, it's been, uh, it's been a long journey, but, um, you know, it's, you know, having a great time at the minute. Yeah. So, so you no know, complaints. You know, we're near the end of the journey either, yeah, are you? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I'm sure there's a few more stories, uh, uh, you know, to come along, uh, come along the road. At some point. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be writing a book in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to reading that then. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, can tell, I can tell you some stories that I can't tell you on air. <laughs> All right, I tell you what, we'll finish this off now, and then you can tell me. <laughs> All, right, All right, cheers, Rob. Cheers, man. See ya. And there we are, another show done. Uh, I had a great chat with Rob, I really enjoyed it, as uh, I'm sure you did listening to it as well. And as I said in the show, what I'll do is I'll put all the links the way that you can find and follow Rob, uh, TCC, Tiger Tales. Everything will be on the podcast notes, um, for the show notes and the website. And if you just go to 60minuteswith.co.uk, that's a numerical 60, not alphabetical, uh, all the notes will be up on there. Also on there, there's a contact us form if you want to send us an email. Uh, you can also email us direct with contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. You can like our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash 60minuteswith. And follow us on Twitter, and we are at 60minuteswith. All of those are, again, with the numerical 60, not alphabetical. So, all that remains is to say, whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you so much for listening. Stay subscribed, and we'll be back again soon.